0: Hey, welcome to the takeaway with T Dangel. I have a lovely guest. She has returned, Ni- Miss Nina, and we hey are guys. talking about the thick standards. Yes, they do exist. And yes, I want to talk about this because even though now we're we're seeing a lot more of Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and everyone getting thick, this has been going on since the I mean for for ages. But for me, It came to me in the 90s when I was growing up. And one of the things I really hated about myself, I didn't have a thick bottom half. That was a problem for me. So I had triple D45 breast, but I didn't have a bottom half to go with it. And even back then, the boys was chasing booty. So we want to talk about this. We want to talk about how it's affecting black women today, especially in our culture. Because, I mean, we have women that are being affected so severely that emotionally it's affecting them because people get bullied a lot on Facebook, uh, on any social media outlet because they don't look a certain part. Uh, And then physically, women are dying from getting these implants and getting these injections. And as you all have seen with Kay Michelle, she is the one who came forward to really keep it real about how those implants was affecting her health, and she literally was dying and had to remove them. So let's talk about that. Nina? <laughs> Just put me on the
1: spot <laughs> like that. Um. Well, let's see. I'm kind of like over all of it. Really? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So there is this ideology that all women and it goes back to um you remember the Sir Mixel I song not, Oh, yeah, yeah baby we like had big back butts. but oh. yeah but not so yeah <laughs> that but not so much talk him talking about the butt but that line where he was like is it twenty four thirty six uh huh the measurement. yeah so uh-huh. I mean and that was in that was in the nineties. Yes it, it? was. Yeah. And so I mean, you know, there's this ideology that all women are supposed to look like this. And um like you said, women are killing themselves, and they are,
0: I mean, they're going, they're going, to me, going broke to do this. I mean, you looking for sponsors, <laughs> there are men that sponsor to pay for certain halves of the body. I mean, even back to when Kanye West was talking about, he, he was buying uh, double Ds for people, you know, uh, helping his women to enhance themselves. I mean, that's just the culture now is that if you ain't got it you go buy it and that's not healthy yeah i don't it, i don't think it's
1: so much the culture now i think it's been the culture yeah um i mean you got to remember back in the 80s hollywood la whatever implants were like a dime a dozen everybody had an implant that was just like what you do right you know and at this point you know it's getting to the point i don't have a problem With you want to enhance yourself. Of course, not doing it at the sake of your health, but it's some people who are just like taking it there, you know, and taking it to extremes, like Vivica Fox.
0: Her ass looks oh, like yeah. a. Her <laughs> yes. ass, her ass looks like a Pixar. Character but we like now. Vivica and we respect her in our community most definitely. However, the when does the surgery stop? When does the enhancement? Right. When stop? When does
1: it stop? When do you realize you look like a caricature? Yeah, and, and you stop. But that's also about the people that you got in your circle and who you got surrounding you who. are—
0: Is not giving you good advice. Absolutely. And, you know, you brought up that's a very good point. I I remember back to when I realized that I actually had a shape. So the funny thing about that is the truth is that when I was coming up and uh, big breast running my family, um, I started getting them at 12 years old. And Mm -hmm. I'll never forget this guy. In my sixth grade class, he said in front of everybody in the hallway. We had just came back for the school year. And he looked and he said, Everybody T got breast. And I looked down like, oh the shit. I said, I can't I hadn't even paid attention really myself. Right. <laughs> but then he brought it to everyone's attention yeah. that I actually I, I did have breasts. And my mom didn't really tell me how to how to deal with that or how to protect myself. I constantly got notes know, from boys. I had, I mean, in high school, boys were drawing cows, okay? pictures of cows and putting them on a locker and me and my best friend. Because for some odd reason, her and I both ended up with these big bags that in gym class we had to run and cover our breasts Mm -hmm. when we were running because they were popping so bad. And back then, our mothers wasn't spending a lot of money on brawls. You better get that T-shirt bra and have a nice life. They weren't spending $50 (laughs) on a bra to support you. And don't ask for a sports bra. My mother like, are you playing sports? then I don't think you need a sports bra. Mm -hmm. But she didn't tell me how to guard myself, too, from the predators. Mm -hmm. I was preyed upon a lot, especially by older men. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a lot of people coming at me and and asking my mother for my hand in marriage, and this is the truth, from the neighborhood Arab stores. It first happened to me when I was 13. My mother was approached. He he had watched me grow up. He had been in the neighborhood for years, and he asked my mom, uh, if he could have me now, my mom was confused because she thought he was joking. But I remember on our way home, she was so pissed and she was like the nerve, and she told me to stop going to the store. So I actually stopped going to his store and actually ended up going to another one. But it happened again when I was fifteen, her and I, and we were going into a restaurant, um, and I know it was Arab, and he he asked her again. You know, this is another guy saying, "Hey, can I have your daughter?" And she's like, "Hell no." But it happened to me on my own when I was 18 in the neighborhood. Oh, I mean, wow! Yeah, I'm going into the store. That it was Arab owned, and I mean, he was a friend. He's in the neighborhood. We talked to him every day. He give us deals. I mean, I was going. He would ask me, "Do you want you know you want to get married? I'll take care of you or your child." No, I'm, like, nah, I'm good. And I'll never forget. I came into his store one summer. His mom came here from India. And she was sitting there looking. She had on full garb. And he said, oh, come here. Come here, T.T. Come meet come my mom. And he introduced us. And she looked <laughs> at me from head to toe like I was the dirt beneath her feet. And she didn't say hi. She rolled her eyes and turned her head. And I walked. It didn't phase me at the time because I'm like, I don't care. I don't want your son anyway. But that really made me feel crappy But when I was saying, the whole point of me bringing all that up is that, you know, I didn't realize, it's not power, but I didn't realize how to guard myself or how to deal with my body. And it's funny, at that time, my breasts were big. I hadn't had a breast reduction yet. I was purposely eating a lot that Mm -hmm. summer. I'll never forget it, to make my bottom half bigger. Mm Mm-hmm because I wanted to be proportioned. And I had a bigger upper half, but the bottom wasn't doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't realize, because nobody taught me that, that you're eating overall, everything gets fat. Bigger, right. So I just started gaining weight out of control. So it it was just crazy because I wanted to look the part. But the funny thing is... spot increases. Right, (laughs) Right, just getting plump. It was ridiculous. People thought I was pregnant again. I'm like, "No, I'm not pregnant. I'm just eating." Mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that we're not told like you you you, you wait your time. You get the old woman. <laughs> the old woman weight, which is what I got now which is why I now have hips and butt after having children. Those things grow. But I'm just saying those aren't conversations that are taking place in your home and telling you to love yourself. The first time I realized I was full figure, it was someone else's cousin that brought that to my attention. And me and my best friend used to go to the store and shop together in high school. And I used to be pissed because she had to get a small and everything. And I always had to get a damn medium because of my hips. Or because of my breast, and I was so pissed. And I will never forget her cousin. She stood me in a mirror next to her and she said, Look at you. You are a different shape. You have a different body than her. It's okay that you have to get a medium. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're fat. You just shape different than her. And what she say that for once I learned I had curves, I was done. I recognized it and I took off, and I was okay with that. But at the same time, it still bothered me as I, you know, got older that I didn't have the really, really big, but like the mm-hmm. my neighbor, this girl next door. Oh, my God. It was a family, just brick built. <laughs> she walked out the door. It was crazy. Like, she never said a word. She was sweet as pie, nice girl. She wasn't even a, you know, she wasn't a thought. She was just a nicely shaped girl. And every time she walked out the house, she'll see me on the porch. Hey, she was about four years older than me. And the guys just followed her. I mean, I saw a guy while she was walking out of block, block following her. His face was in her butt, and I'm not making that up. While she was walking, mm-hmm. he he was he wanted her that bad, and she just kept pushing him away, like "Leave me alone." So it's like you, if you got it, you you blessed with it. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time, especially if you're not taught how to deal with that. Uh, it's a
1: blessing and a curse, depending on, like you said, how you deal with it, and if you were taught how to deal with it. I think we went to the same school, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I had the, da- the same damn story. I didn't know. I was—the the highest I reached cup-wise was an eye. Yes. Whoa. Boys and girls. Whoa. That's a real cup size. I didn't know that. And it exists. And I was not in the circus. Now, who bought so- that bra? Because <laughs> that was expensive. Well, we went— my mother was on that, you got to spend the money oh. to support the support the girls thing. So we used to go to Central Foundation in Berwyn, oh. Illinois.
0: <laughs> Good old Central. At, <laughs> yep, and spend like
1: $50 a pop. Um, but I didn't realize that my breasts were big until I was in a sixth grade talent show. And somebody screamed out, I was singing my rendition of Respect by Aretha Franklin. <laughs> and one of the, the seventh graders hollered out, She got some big-ass titties. And I was like, I literally turned around, like, who they talking about? And then I was like, oh, oh. Right. And so the older I got, and it's funny how the way you feel about your body, that influences decisions that you make, not just for your body, but how decisions you make relationship-wise. Because I remember people would ask me, well, you know, why did you fall in love with your husband? And the first thing I would say is because he's he was the first man that saw me. That saw me for me. Saw
0: you for you. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't he
1: not it wasn't nothing about the breast or nothing like this. He saw me for me. So grow up with these things, go through college, guys. When only I felt like guys were only were only checking for me because of the breast. I agree with that. And you know, you would see me coming around the corner before you actually saw me. If yep. you know what I meant, man. Yep. And I just got tired. Of, I couldn't like you. I would go to the stores with my girlfriend. And I used to want to throat punch these bitches because I couldn't wear what they yeah. were wearing. You Those know, they cute little yeah, short tops. They were going it. to Express. I was going to Lane Bryant. Now imagine <laughs> my yo ass, nineteen years old, going to Lane Bryant. What I'm buying here.
0: I didn't touch Lane Bryant until I was in my well, 20s.
1: Ashley Stewart. But the older I got, I was like, Ashley Stewart, clothes kind of cheap, so let me. <laughs> but you know, I was just like, what I'm gonna buy in Lane Bryant? What I'm gonna buy. And then I remember when Torrey came out, I was like, Oh, oh finally, yeah. something for me. So I had the older I got, I was just like, you know what? The very first job I get, soon as I literally was like, the very first job I get, I'm getting brush reduction. Yeah. So at the grad school, got my first real job. I'm in HR, so I knew about FMLA. I knew it was going to take me a year oh, and 1,250 <laughs> hours before I could apply for my leave. And I got my breast reduction. Um, it would be times where I would feel paralyzed, you know, from the strain on my back. You know, oh, I would wow. literally not be able to move. So, got this reduction, and this is all going somewhere. Mm-hmm. I know got it. Got this reduction, <laughs> and when I got this reduction— I was. I just thought my life was gonna change, and I was gonna be happy. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember the surgeon said, "What you want? What size you want to be?" And I said, because I was just so weighed down, literally lit, lit, figuratively, from these things. I was like nothing. I want to be as flat as a 12-year-old boy. Like, because I just didn't want him. I I was like, get rid of him. He's like, no, we can't do that. Right. They can't do that. So, he brought me down to a double D. I was like, perfect. So, got rid of these breasts. And I remember I got rid of these breasts, and I saw this stomach. And I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) Because I hadn't seen the stomach. You can't see it for the breast. And the stomach, now, now I look like booty do. (laughs) You know, my stomach stick out more than her booty do. And... I'm like, where did the stomach come from? So that started my weight loss journey. So lost 60 pounds, got married, had a baby, gained most of it back. Then once I finally got on track with my nutrition and my eating, I started lifting. Mm. And when I started lifting weights— that's when all the attention started coming mm-hmm. that I wasn't prepared for. And, wow. you know, we look at the, the Meg the Stallions and the mm-hmm. and the Nicki Minajes and the Cardi's, and I ain't going to lie. I was like, I want that shape. When Absolutely. I started lifting, yep. I was like, They're I want to look, look like, like, like them. Or yeah. I want to look like, better yet, I want to look like a version of me, mm-hmm. you know, but shapelier. And I started losing more weight and... The butt started getting bigger. I ain't never had no butt. Yeah. I never had a butt. And even now, you know, when we get together, my sisters joke like, man, you built that ass? And like, they'll slap me on my ass, whatever. But I said all that to say this. We have to—the way you feel about yourself, and again, it all goes back to loving yourself. The way you feel about yourself— influences every single life decision that you make. When I had big breasts and I was 200 and something pounds and I had a gap, whatever happened at work happened. Whatever shit they gave me at work, whatever shit I got in life, I swallowed it. Mm-hmm. The the better I started to feel about myself, and I can sit here and say I transformed myself 100% naturally. I worked out, I ate right, yep. I got braces, boom, boom. The more confidence I got, I started making better decisions. I started realizing my worth. Mm-hmm. And you were so absolutely right. You said in the previous podcast how everything that you're, the adult you are now is everything that you were taught and experienced between mm-hmm. zero and five. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, my parents instilled self-esteem in me and all of that. But I learned some things about my childhood at five
0: that influenced how I felt about myself going forward. Wow. So you got your breast reduction because that was something you felt that you needed to do for yourself, correct? Yeah, I got tired of, yeah. Well, one,
1: my ass is going to be walking around with paralysis if I had kept them. True. Two, I got tired of the attention. I got tired of my bottom half being a size 12, 14, and my top (laughs) being a 20. That's true, yeah. You know, I, I got tired of that. I got tired of not being able to go to the mall with my girlfriends and they going to Forever 21 and H&M and Express. All the cute little stores. Yes. all the cute stores. Look, and, matching bra and panty sets. You know, and then my options are whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got in a relationship, which I eventually married the person, when I was like, 24, 25. And then you know, you got that uh that new relationship weight gain. Mm-hmm. And I looked up, I was like a size 20, 22.
0: Wow. So, Is that your largest size?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. So my bottom finally caught up with my top. <laughs> not the way that you wanted but it to the way that I wanted it to. But um, but yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I also think that there's a it's about the way you grow up. At the, at the end of the day, it's about the way you it grow up. It influences everything. It's about the ideologies and the the values and the the way you feel about yourself is instilled in you. I'm at my sister's house the other day, and my mother's like, oh, you still keeping that weight off. And I was like, well, you know, I done gained a little bit the COVID-15. Yeah. And I said, but you know, I'm still thick where it counts. She was like, you ain't thick. And I looked out. I was <laughs> damn, they <near> got that <laughs>
0: And I was like,
1: okay. And then I was going to say something slick. Right, like, Mom, I, I think. I was, uh, like, I uh, was like, you yeah. know what? She's 70-something years old. Right. Maybe this is my generation's thick. Right. Maybe thick to her is looks entirely different. I mean, Marilyn Monroe. Was a full-size 16. Right. I mean, she was the. And she was beautiful. She was the ideal yeah. Sought after figure. Yes, you know, was. back then. You know.
0: So yeah. My my breast reduction story, I have to say, and I'll admit it's is pretty sad because I I allowed a partner, someone I was dating, to influence me getting it. I got a breast reduction in nineteen. Um, by the time I was 18 years old, I was on muscle spasm medication for my breasts. That's how mm-hmm. big they were. And it had nothing to do with weight yeah, gain because I was small. Mm-hmm. So I was 129 pounds with uh, triple D, 45 breasts. And so what happened, Um, at right after high school, I took a job as a CNA. I was following my mom. And I was working in a nursing home now. You know how that's very physical work, very taxing. And I didn't know anything about it. So as I'm doing the work, I noticed that I started having these horrible pains in my breast. So my doctor monitored me for a year, put me on the medicine. And literally, I would have to, as I'm walking down the street, I would have to stop and pick up one of the breasts to relieve the pressure. Um, in order to keep moving. And when I slept at night, oh, it was hell because I love to sleep on my stomach. So I had to split these babies up. It was like bags of meat. I, one is on the left, one's on the right. <laughs> when I flipped on my back, I had to move. Like, I started sleeping in a bra. That's how bad uh, they got. I remember that. And so I got approved for a breast reduction, and I'm going to be real with you. You know what? I honestly wish I, wish I wouldn't have done it. The doctor who monitored me, he kept saying you're only 18 at the time he was monitoring me. He said, you're 18, lose some weight. If he said, I promise you lose some weight, the breast will go down too. But I'm like, I'm already small enough. How much more could I lose? There's nothing else to lose. So when he finally did the breast reduction, he took me down to a 36C. Because of my body shape, he said, I cannot take you lower than that because I asked for a B cup. And he said, because of the way your body is made, I'm going to take you to a C. And I got the breast reduction done in 19, and this is a whole nother story. Talk about a young girl being taken advantage of on public aid. It was such a botched damn job done Mm -hmm. at a very well-known hospital in Chicago. Mm -hmm. He allowed students to operate on my chest for eight hours, Mm -hmm. and it showed. Because after I got the breast reduction, I was in college, so I got the Mm -hmm. breast reduction. I was able to take off school for a month. I was in school uh, for medical at the time. And I remember going in and my teacher, Dr. Aronson, awesome guy, actual doctor who was teaching the class. I was sitting there looking at him and I felt the pain and I had on a surgical bra. So I didn't know what was going on. I started crying and he was like, let me talk to you. And so I told him I felt the pain and he said, well, let me see. When he looked, he said, oh my God, your stitch line is open. Mm. It just popped in class. He gave me some bus fare. He's like, hey, you got to go back to the hospital now. I have to go back to the hospital. And they were like, oh, we can, re, you know, restitch. And it was so much pain. I said, you're not going to restitch this. So you know what the doctor said? He said, i tell you what. He gave me a box of Kleenex, and he took out these medicine sticks. He said, well, if you don't want me to stitch it back up, this is what I'm about to do. I'm about to seal it, and I'm about to stick these medicine sticks in there. And they're gonna form a, a scab, yeah. and you're gonna have to let it heal like that. He said, "But I'm gonna get you a box of tissue, because it's about to hurt." And I was 19 years old, sitting on that table alone, mm. and he jabbing these sticks, three of them. He broke them and just stuck them in there, and it's bleeding, it's hurting, and he covered it up. And I, I ended up forming a permanent scar mm-hmm. on my breast like that. And so, you know, with any surgery, there comes, you know, you know, there, there's risk of complications and things like that. But I honestly do regret it because when they do the surgery, they changed everything. They cut off my entire nipple, mm-hmm. rechanged my whole areola mm-hmm. area, and I got the T-scar, which they no longer use. Mm-hmm. But this was in the 90s. And I remember the day I got it done, check this out. It was April 1st, 1998. <laughs> April Fool. Wow. On me. <laughs> while wow. getting this stupid surgery done that I got permanent scars where I thought it was going to make me feel good. Like, literally after I got it done, I will never forget how happy I was to go finally get a matching bra and panty set. Yeah. I remember calling my best friend, yep. and I told her. I stepped out well, walking look, that down was the street. goal, yeah. Yeah, i was walking down the street like I'm a new me. And it's so funny, when I got to her house, she was like, hey, everybody see uh, T's new breast? And I was so proud because I could wear... I could, you know, wear them, you know, a shirt without a bra. Yeah. That's how good they set up. But the one yeah. thing he told me, <laughs> you're going to have more kids. They're going to gonna you gotta make milk, and they're not going to be the same. And he was right. So when I think about it, it really wasn't worth it at right. the time. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, and then the whole point of me bringing that up was yeah. to say about the guy I was dating at the time, older guy. Who just kept saying they were too big? I ain't never met a guy that told me the they were was too big, big, right? But he was in my ear, and he just weird kept girl. on. He get, now that I look back, he was weird, and he just kept on saying, "No, no, you need to get it done. Uh, you are too big, and, and you gain weight. It just don't look good." And I really listened to that fool. So by the time I set up to have that surgery, it's funny. I started the surgery came almost two years. It took about two years to set yeah. it up, and I ended up meeting someone else. Who was in love with him. And, you know, he did a photo shoot with my breast <laughs> the day before the surgery. Because he was like, you really shouldn't do it. They, they look great. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm having a lot of physical problems. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to get older. Yeah. I don't want to have them. And he took all these wonderful pictures, which I don't have. That's another thing, ladies. Don't be letting these dudes take pictures of you and you ain't got the pictures. <laughs> Because I don't know where those pictures at. Hope they don't surface. But um, <laughs> he took these pictures, and it was for me to remember what they looked like. Right. But I hated myself so bad for them. Any picture I had with those breasts, I got rid of, and I'm not gonna lie, girl, I, I shit. did. I didn't the best decision I ever made. I didn't want to remember what they
1: what they look like. But you know what? This conversation can go so many different ways. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. We're, we're circ- circling back to you know thick versus unhealthy. Yep. Um, we could. Circle back to um, or go to um, how in the black community, you know, and you and I have talked about this all the time, how I say, and I say this all the time, baby girl, you ain't thick, you fat. There's a difference. It's a difference. There's a difference. And I think that in our culture, we don't know the difference. Yeah. Okay? And that goes to how we eat and how what we were taught about food and what we were taught about nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a topic we can go for
0: oh, yeah. forever and a day. Many, and it can go in a many, many directions. directions yeah. But I, I do want to say, as always, for me, um, the takeaway from, from this discussion is just loving your body where it's at, not forcing it to do something that naturally is not supposed to do. Right. You know, and, and it, had I known and was armed with this knowledge when I was younger, I mm-hmm. definitely would have made some different decisions. But I will say at 42, I love my body. All mm-hmm. its imperfections. And it is what I got. And I deal with it. And whereas I don't have a Nicki Minaj butt, I don't have that. That's what I want. <laughs> The Nicki Minaj ain't got Nicki Minaj butt. <laughs> I mean, I, I just want that voluptuous shape, right? I'm okay with what I have, and, 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 my, and my and my and my my husband's okay with that, and I'm gonna leave it at that. That that's just my takeaway: just to love you where you're at, and don't kill yourself emotionally and physically to be something, somebody, at, at, to be some meet someone else's standards.
1: Girl, you preaching to the choir? Um, I love my body too. If anybody want to buy me a tummy tuck, though. <laughs>
0: That's a whole other conversation.
1: I'm good with that. But, That's another uh, conversation. But I'm always a proponent of don't disrupt the natural order of things. Yeah, I got a breast reduction because I seriously my back, I I would I'd yeah. be walking around a humpback right now if I hadn't yeah. gotten done. Yeah, I have my vanity reasons like the matching panty then bra and things like that. Yeah, but. Mine was really for a physical, you know, I, I just couldn't carry those things anymore. It was too much. Yeah. Um, I'm all for loving yourself. Cause I I can honestly say even with my COVID 15, I still love my body. Yeah. Um, but I also say it's nothing wrong, ladies and and men, guys out there, if you want to improve yourself. But when I say improve yourself, you know, first of all, do it for yourself. Right. Do don't say I wanna I wanna look like Co- Kofi Sittibey. God bless his heart from Queen Sugar, <laughs> or, don't say, <laughs> or don't say you know I wanna look like Meg or whatever. I always used to say I wanna look like a better version of myself. Yeah, you know, and if you can do it the natural and right way, eat right, yeah. exercise, mm-hmm. lift weights, um, take the right supplements, um, you know, also. How you look on the outside or how you feel on the inside also shows on the outside. Right. Protect your mental energy, things of that nature. But uh, it's nothing wrong with improving yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's absolutely anything wrong with wanting to improve yourself. Yeah, I want a tummy tuck one day. I do. And that ain't to look like nobody else. That's because I'm tired of this fupa I got. Mm
0: -hmm. But... That comes from um, after childbirth. That comes after childbirth, you know, depending on... There's some things, ladies, that just don't go back after
1: childbirth. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. But, yeah, do it the natural way. You know, I'm, I'm. like I said, I'm not a proponent of disrupting the natural order of things. Don't be pumping shit in you. Mm-hmm. You know, because trust me, if you think it's going to solve all your problems today, it's compromising something
0: else. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your expertise on this. And the takeaway at the end of the day always is love yourself. You have to. No one else is going to love you the right way. But you, you have to love yourself and don't do it for someone else. You have to do it because that's what you want to do. And I'm going to say, if you choose and opt to do surgery, we're not saying that's a bad idea, but there are consequences that come with that. And just be ready for emotional and physical consequences that come with taking on doing those things. And I'm going to tell you something else that we don't think about. We're in our 20s, our 30s, Forties doing these surgeries, you don't think about what happened when you turn 70. And and gravity starts (laughs) to set in.
1: And one last thing I want to say before we wrap up. Um, If you're thinking about any type of surgery or if you're um, mentally stressing because you don't look like somebody else or because you want to look like somebody else, whatever, I want you to write down, I think we should write down the pro... Pros and cons. And yes, I'm just going to call it what it is. Oh, don't say cons. Why would you say you hate your legs or whatever? Look, it is what Ooh, it just is. Just be real. We get parts of our body mm-hmm. and parts of our physical that we don't like, that we want to change. So what you do is you write down all the parts that you dislike, write down all the parts that you love. Okay? More than likely, the parts that you love will outweigh right. the parts that you dislike. But look at the parts that you dislike once you finish with your list. And you just start to work on those. Just start to chip away. For example, my dislikes was my gap. I eventually got braces. And I remember you and I talked when I told you I was going to get them. You was like, you getting braces at almost 40? Yep. Because I don't want my gap anymore. Um, Yeah, I don't like my fupa. But it's a whole lot of things that I love about myself. I love my legs. I love my lips. I love my eyes. You know, so... Start to list that out instead of, you know, stressing yourself and then start to work
0: on those things one by one. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys for tuning in. Take care. Be safe. We urge that if you or a loved one is struggling with mental health concerns, seek help by visiting your local health department websites and or employee assistance programs. If you are in the Chicago area, visit cookcountyhealth.org. Click on services, then mental health, and you will find resources for a few things such as anxiety, depression, and bipolar. Be well and take care.